Yo, this is Zero from El Vu and LA Natives Podcast. And I'm happy to announce that Malinali Superfoods now has a storefront location. And we invite all our community to come and partake in our family recipes, in our ancient foods, and in our intention. Our intention is to gather our community, to share the wisdom of our ancestors, but most of all, have a place to be ourselves. So we invite you to come to 4528 Whittier Boulevard in the heart of East Los Angeles. So come, stop by, enjoy our awas, our superfood smoothies, our nutrient powders, and understand that food is our medicine. Our ancestors were brilliant engineers, and they created strong, powerful foods that we share with the community. Aho, ometeo, tonansi, tonato. We start out on this new road. No turning back. But we have our ancestors with us. We're going to continue to dance with them. Dreaming them. Calling them. We are becoming what we were. It is borrowed that Maya prophecies. Seven triangles of light. Keep walking. You are the spirit of Unaku. Keep walking. We the human, we are doing the spirit of Unaku. Are getting back to their voices. They are becoming real to us and speaking to the people. 
people of the 20th century about who built this place and why and what they felt and what they thought about the world. These are not anonymous people anymore. You are the spirit of Unapu. Keep walking. We the human, we are doing the spirit of Unapu. Yo, yo. Yo. Ellie Native. Yo, welcome back. I am so excited for today's episode, man. It's jam-packed. We're giving away a pair of tickets to the Superman event for July 29th, Thursday. And here he is, the man himself. The community organizer. The young brother, the youthful. Like, you know what's cool about this? A, A true frontliner. Head on. Ever since I met you, bro, like... I've learned so much from you, bro. Like your your humbleism is overwhelming. Head on, if you know what I mean. Thank you. I just stand a little closer. Oh, uh, I hope I know what you mean. Um, I I feel thankful. Thank you, Zero, for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Armando, for having me. On. Absolutely, brother. And um, I it's I'll start with saying this. I, it's really hard for me to accept. Um, Good criticism, positive crit- or or just a compliment because of my upbringing. Right. I grew up in a very dysfunctional home, mm. and I never heard a thank you. I never heard. So to me, it's still like alien language. <clears throat> it's like, ooh, how do I react to that? Right. So, but thank you. I am honored. I'm well, honored. that that's the that's the beauty about what I'm glad you said that because that's what this show is. This show is like the Lost Boys. This show is like the Runaway. If you ran away from a reservation and you were starving in the desert, you would find a group of us who knew how to live there and who knew how to share and who knew how to really do things in a good way like the, the abuelos did. That's what we're trying to inspire in others, right? And you, you get on the show because you do that type of work and you're one of those people. And that's what I was just about to say is that, you know, we feature artists, we feature uh, painters, poets, whatever, but I... I I'm kind of happy to be featuring a community worker, one that, that puts his energy, his research, his um, life on the line, really. When you, when, you, when you are telling a government to release or to not practice inhumane practices, uh, that's not something that people tolerate sometimes. And if the movement's big enough, there'll be consequences, but... That's not neither here nor there. The point is that you do that type of work. So talk a little bit about what you do. All right. So where do I start? <laughs> uh, so what inspired rec- you to do that? What inspired you to do like focus in on kids in cages? Well, because you did mention that you grew up in, 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 a, in a fucked up environment, just like myself. So we never really got guided by our parents to do what we're doing today. Um, so what motivated you outside of your parents' realm? So, yeah, I, I think the motivation did start at five years old, acknowledging that my, my upbringing, I acknowledged that at five years old. Mm-hmm. I remember the moment. Wow. Because um, that's the first time I wrote a, a suicide letter. Wow. And Fuck. then I had a vision. Heavy. Yeah. And Serious? Yeah, I was five years old. Wow. I, I was ready. I was done. And wow. then um, right before, like when I finished my suicide letter, um, I had a vision. Mm. And this vision came to me. I don't know how to explain it, but. It showed me my future, mm. and it showed me that that um, if I if I prolong my life, that I would be there for other kids. Mm. That's what it showed me. So I said, okay. So I need to prolong my life. I need to. So I always did it for that reason, right? 
So then the activism came in in 2005, 2006, the big matcha. Mm. I was there and I remember telling the homies, I was. Oh, March 1st. The, the, the March, the May Day. Yeah, yes. the May Day. The May that Day. One that the, was the just one overwhelming. Um, over a million people, yeah. Mm. So I was young and, um, you know, I'm from the streets of Compton. So I was already messing around in the streets, but something called me to go. And I remember telling the homies, hey, uh, let's go to this thing. And they were like, ah, for what, you know? And I was like, there's going to be a bunch of girls. And they're like, oh, let's go. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I got them with that, you know, with that trick. But um, I remember seeing all those great speakers up there. And I was like, damn, like these, these people are telling some some motivational things that can bring us together like this. I was like, man, that would be dope if I could one day do that. Mm. And I remember the homie, he, he knew me more. And he was like, hey, this is your time to shine. All that stuff you'd be telling us, go right now and tell, and tell it. And something told me right there and then, now nah, this ain't the moment because obviously they're not going to let some kid go up there. Mm-hmm. But I was like, but one day I will be up there, one mm-hmm. day. And I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until 2016 that... um. Bernie Sanders came in, into the scene, mm-hmm. and uh, I worked construction. At the time, I had injured myself, so mm-hmm. I couldn't go to work. And I was fighting this case, and I, I just started volunteering. I had all this free. I didn't have much to do. I was coming out of this depression, uh, out of an injury. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, let me just devote my time to, to others. And through that political scene, you know, it, got, it, it uh, blessed me with a job in, in Ohio to go fight for climate change after Bernie's loss. Uh, he lost the primary so right. th- then i was offered like hey would you like to do what you were doing in compton but get paid for it mm. and you're and i'm like well i don't want to do it for hillary you know and they're like well think of it for climate change mm. you're doing it for climate change because this guy donald trump he doesn't give a shit about climate change i'm like okay and then i thought of my people too mm. i'm like you know what he's not only here to to uh say climate change is false but also he's here to kick my people out mm. and included me i'm not a citizen mm-hmm. so so i am a resident but that can be revoked at any time, mm. uh, especially with the stuff I do. Right. There's, there's a clause there that says so. Right. So I'm always putting myself at risk when I do that. So you're, you're putting your, your... My status at risk. status. Yes, completely. Um, That's cool. That, well, for me, for someone of my background, I think that's really cool. But then again, really sometimes um, confining, right? Um, I, don't, I don't put fear into it. Um, I know I've been advised a lot that mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, you got to be really careful. You got to be really careful. And I've been at, you know, whenever that's, that's another reason um, that I, I, you know, I, well, I'll get to that part. But in Ohio, I learned a bunch of political stuff. I learned so much. They, they taught me a bunch of stuff. And I did so good over there convincing uh, in a very Republican area, convincing white people to not vote for Trump. Mm-hmm. I did so good. I was the, like the first one that hit the company going all seven states. Mm-hmm. And they. They sponsored me to go to Washington, D.C. afterwards. Mm. Go to, uh, it's called uh, Roots Camp. Mm. And that's where all the organizers from the nation go. And they hear each other talk. And that's where the BLM started growing. All that. I, I got to see all of it. Mm. So they paid for the whole trip. They paid for hotel, everything. Mm. And um, so once I learned all of that, I got offered a bunch of very lucrative uh, jobs mm. in New York, Texas, Pennsylvania, Virginia. And I declined them all. Because I was like, no, my hood needs me. My community needs me. Everything I've learned, I need to bring it back and, and, and help the kids there. And somehow, you know, somehow help the community. And um, But I also had learned that a lot of that, you know, having your, your 15 seconds of fame can really get to your to your ego. And I, I seen it in myself. And because I had national attention, I had, I had, you know, people from Australia reaching out. 
So then I went within and I, I closed down my Facebook. Um, I had too many people reaching out and I just closed it down and I went within two years and I, and I did all this inner work mm. that I knew I needed to do. How old are you? Uh, right now I'm 37. No, when you did the inner work? Oh, I was uh, 34, 34. So 35 and 36, I just, I locked myself up. Yeah. Um, or 34, 35. And you don't have children, right? No. I consciously made that decision at early age because I knew I had to fix everything I had gone through or else the story was going to repeat itself. Because I saw my, my parents' story through learning through their family. It had repeated itself time and time again with other cousins, with other uncles, mm. with their parents. So I'm like, I need to stop the, that, that trauma somewhere. Mm. So I got to fix me before I pass, pass on my, my offsprings. Right. So it wasn't until after the two years that I did all that inner work, and then I'm like, okay, I'm ready to face the world now. I'll, I'll, I'll give myself to whatever I see that calls me. And right away I saw this flyer on Instagram that said, um, um, free the kids in cages. Mm. And I already knew what was going on with the kids in cages. And I'm like, all right. That's that's my calling, mm. and then I saw this um, I saw this fight between the organizers, people who organize for a living, and the people who were doing the the rally. The people of the rally was let's say a cholo, a gangster, and they didn't they were not okay with that. They're like, mm. who's this guy to to you know come on our scene? And and then there was a whole BLM um, George Floyd movement going on, so they felt that it was going to take space away from them. And I was like, no, like, I don't think the Black Panthers felt that way when the Brown Berets and AIM were picking up their platforms at the time. You know, it was our unity back then. Why can't we have that today? So then I said, me coming from streets of Compton and being there for BLM way before, like in 2014 when Mike Brown, I've already been in those communities. I've, I've put in a lot of work for them. I don't think this coming from me, it wouldn't be seen like I'm stepping on toes, right? If you do it in a respectful way, too. And so I wanted to unite both communities, organizers with, with these, um, you know, so-called cholos and, and people who are not organizers. And I'm like, I can see us organizing because gangsters and cholos are some of the best organizers in the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you think about it, mm -hmm. how can you organize all these fools to really put it down for their little two blocks? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's organizing, you know. Right. So then um, I got in that movement and we did the first rally. Over a thousand people showed up. Wow. And we did that in three days. That's the flyer had been out there. Good. But the guy who threw the flyer up there, he did a meeting. And um, yeah, shout out to Clever. That's Clever from Brownside. Hmm. And uh, in the meeting, he's like, I got nothing ready, guys. I just should, I just shot the flyer out there. But you're the you're the organizers and hopefully with your help. So the people that were there, Scar, shout out to Scar from Cholos Tri. Um, Scar had a lot of connects. He brought all his connections. Uh, he's a great organizer, too. And um, I saw him grow as an organizer. And then we had Alejandro. Shout out to Alejandro from uh, United Brown Coalition. And that's where United Brown Coalition was formed, right there and then. And our idea was that we had uh, also Jaguar. Um, uh, not, not, not the rapper, but the other Jaguar. Um, the idea was that we were going to bring different areas of brown people, the cholos, the organizers, the academia, Alejandro representing the academia, uh, he had been recognized by President Obama and all this great stuff. And then, you know, people like me, uh, Jaguar with the cultural representation, and we we're just going to be united and brown and, and do this calling for a, a unity call for brown people. And it, it was successful. It was really successful. And we, ha we, have, um, we have this really cool footage that you can find on United Brown Coalition page or on SCAR's page. Uh, Clever, I think he took down his page, but... You see all these people, over a thousand people, marching on, on the bridge on First Street. 
from down from the river over to downtown LA. And um, from there, all these people started reaching out. Anaheim, Riverside, Hollywood, everywhere. Like, hey, we want to do what you did. We want to do what you did. And we're like, all right, we'll help you. And we just started organizing. That's cool. It's a good effort. I mean, I, I, <clears throat> I've always felt, you know, 50-50 with stuff like that. Because it takes so much effort. Yes. And, yes. and what is the, the outcome of it, right? I don't tell people to discourage it or any of that because those type of organizations, I think, are training grounds for the new version of what we need to do, in my opinion. Because at one point, the pond gets algae because it's stale. It keeps it just stays there, you know, and I feel like and, and I, by no means am I saying that. None of anybody's. No, I understand you. And anybody's and, work. No, and I understand you. And I even say, protesting is just one one area. Mm -hmm. It's not the the all means. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not going to answer everything. But it does. Right. What in my eyes, in my in my uh, experience, because I've protested a lot. I've shut down. Absolutely. I've shut down uh, streets, intersections. We've taken it to the department of the sheriffs mm -hmm. uh, for Andres Guardado, rest in peace. Mm -hmm. um, we organized for him. And his family mm -hmm. and we took it from gardena all the way to compton and we completely shut it down mm -hmm. we don't ask for permits um also i've learned from other you know that others that did it before me i reached out like hey how, how'd you do it you know mm -hmm. and, and through their guidance i've, I've learned a that's lot. that's what i love about you is that you're not afraid to ask you're yeah. not afraid to ask hey how did you do it i'm you know i want to learn i'll i'll stay quiet and just let me see that that's the kind of vibe i get from you it's like yeah um, also you're also very um how would I say, not forward or anything like that, but aggressive towards your goals. You know what I mean? Well, and that how I see it, you're, you're a trailblazer. You, you take initiative before everyone else. Absolutely. That's what I meant to say. Like, very ambitious. Absolutely. Ambitious towards your goal, right? And that's always going to be a good thing in our community when we have individuals. I guess my, my thing is to not disagree no absolutely not because we need to do something it's better than more what just talking about it on my podcast it's not going to do much either you know i think that it would it goes along the lines of what daniel and i were talking about on this 240 year walk that the mexica took or the aztec people took to find their vision right it was a story a vision right but on this journey they had to be innovative and they met other tribes and other places and learn from them and and as they kept going, they kept saying, hey, well, if you go that way, there's going to be a lot of wind. You know, there's wind that could just destroy everything you have. And so they went, OK, well, well, before we go there, we have to figure out where we're going to stay, how we're going to stay there. Those tactics are not being used with that type of expression. Right. Do you understand? Yes. That's that's where I want to kind of kind of maybe redirect our people i, I wish i i wish <laughs> i could i wish i could but i can't do that i think i think what we we need to do though what i need to do what i vowed to do is change people's perspective mm. that's it i speak on uh, a lot on that too i speak on uh critical thinking mm. and perspective mm -hmm. that that's usually sometimes when i'm invited like uh 
last year for Thanksgiving, I was invited by, shout out to the homie Eden, uh, Enamorado. Mm -hmm. He's a commissioner in Cudahy, mm -hmm. and they were having a turkey giveaway. Mm -hmm. He's like, hey, I know, you know, through the city, I need to make it about Thanksgiving and the turkey, but I want some decolonization talk. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think you're the one. So I went in there, and I I, um, and I said, yeah, you know, thank you, I'm honored. So I put it under critical thinking and perception. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't title it decolonizing, because mm -hmm. that turns away a lot of people, because mm -hmm. they're, you know, I forgot who said it, but um, I can't remember who said it. But someone said, I once read that the system has been developed in such a way that we're so conditioned that when you try to wake somebody up by decolonizing them, they will defend it. Mm -hmm. They will yeah. defend the system. So then I don't present it that way. I present it through critical thinking and perception. Mm -hmm. And then through there, I start, you know, giving little areas of how without saying it, it's a decol decolonizing mentality. I think... Perception is your thought process. Mm -hmm. It's not like separate from anything else. It's the way your thought process works. Yes. That's why the Toltec had the life of the first attention. And then you're aware of your life of the second attention. What is the life of the second attention? The life of the second attention is when you realize, damn, my fucking cousin told me to do some stupid shit <laughs> that was completely wrong. I don't know why I was doing it, but I did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like influences that we're trying to fit in, mm -hmm. right? In the sense, so we do things to fit in and then we do it good, but doesn't mean that it's a good thing. Like kind of like picking up on women, like in our culture, our growing up at about 14, oh, you're going to get that. Look at that girl. And, and we're training in the, mm -hmm. and then finally they get to be the age of doing and approaching a woman and they use all these bad techniques you know no one taught them about the truth of life which we are very far from because our philosophies and our our wisdoms have been put away mm -hmm. they have not been destroyed they have been not been taken away they have been put away yes right and we are here to open it and i think one of the biggest things uh, that's not talked about especially in our cultura because of machismo it's intuition, mm. natural intuition. Mm. You know, sometimes we look at that like, oh, that's a female trait. Mm. No, it's not. It's a human trait, you know. Um, yes, females naturally gravitate more towards their intuition than logical thinking. Mm. Naturally. We gravitate more towards our logical thinking than intuition. But we need to remember we still have it there, mm -hmm. you know, and we need to utilize it. And for, for instance, for now, my intuition is telling me, um, I know we moved away from the, the organizing talk. But I do want to acknowledge it's not all me. All those things that were done took team effort. Right. It was a collective. And that's my point. That's my point is that a lot of energy, it's kind of like going like, okay, let's blow up this 20-foot balloon that says free our kids in cages. Right. Right. And then put it on the news or whatever. And then what does that do? Well, isn't, the there a way, isn't there a way for us as a community to shoot more than one idea? Put people in organized positions that have experiences and come out with an outcome, well, right? Because we are just kind of, it's kind of like we read the footnotes of what progressive movements are, which are like these 1960s or 70s movements, supposedly, and they gathered a lot of people. But what was the outcome? Well, there was a lot of progress because... It really put a foot in, in, in on the neck of racism. It did. Because the kids of the racist, like, say, the pioneers, their kids didn't grow up as racist. 
right? Because they had to live around people who were poorer than them, right? So then the idea of racism starts to deteriorate. And when the idea of racism starts to deteriorate, so does white supremacy. And that's where we're at right now. Well, so if we're doing, if we're there, then why aren't we be in? Why ain't we being innovative with the way we challenge what is facing us? You know what I mean? The most critical. The instead of going, we can organize in a month. Instead, take four months. What could you do in four months? You know what I mean? Like let, I don't know. That's let me, let me touch on that real quick. So that's one thing that separates us from the seventies, big big time mm -hmm. over there. In the 70s, um, from, from what I've researched, is that they did have a little bit more time to organize. And the reason is because they didn't have social media. Social media has uh, it has reshaped our, our, our frequency of thought mm. that if it doesn't grab your attention in the first snippet, you're done. Mm -hmm. you know, you gotta, that's why they put these uh, very bite sounds and everything. Like, oh, I want to watch. Maybe I'm interested in that interview if I watch a good bite sound. Mm -hmm. So we value a three-hour interview or two-hour interview based on the small five second bite sound. Mm -hmm. And that's the way we look at our perception has been reshaped. Mm -hmm. So if today, if you don't jump on the, you know, say kids in cages, uh, uh, right now on uh, democracy now just reported that the guy who's in charge of Homeland security and ice, uh, actually ice, uh, he is a Brown man. We thought like, good, you know, a Brown man. So hopefully he's gonna, he's gonna put forward, you know, uh, progression. And he had a record where he didn't, when he was a sheriff, chief of a sheriff station, he didn't like ICE working with the sheriffs. He thought, no, that's two separate entities. So we're like, good, he's going to end it. Guess what? He switched down. Mm -hmm. So he's like, yeah, we're going to continue working with the police departments. Now that he's ahead of ICE, like, shit. Well, so it's you don't because maybe he got a raise, right? Sure. <laughs> I mean, that it, sometimes it's monetary. Sometimes it's monetary. Sometimes it's to just be written in a book that I was the fucking guy who was in charge of this bullshit, right? This is, these are moments in history. That's why they keep you in the movie state, like where, or TV or phone, where it's like in the future or in the past, because the moment's too hard, right? Sometimes the moment's too hard. Dude, right now, right now, there are children in cages. That's inhumane, right? You go, then you go, oh, what am I gonna reference that with? Ooh, Nazi Germany. Boom. Ooh, remember back in Nazi Germany? Oh, that was so long ago. It's not. He lost. That doesn't happen anymore. Yet you fast forward to our time now and it's fucking quadruple worse. So let's touch on that real quick. So uh, to finish the other point is that if we don't jump on something right there when it's fresh, if the news is right there, like the kids being found in Canada right now, if they don't jump on that right now, then it's old news, right? This idea that it becomes old news, so people are not going to hit the streets. So you got to do it right there. Like George Floyd, it was boom, right there on the spot. So mm -hmm. people hit the, the streets. Mm -hmm. Kids in cages, it's kind of been there. It's not something new. It's mm -hmm. been there. It's just, yeah. it's just the news broke out of the images. And that's why some people hit the streets there and then. Mm -hmm. And then they said, oh, well, they're in better, they're in better situations now under Biden, right? Uh, so people are no longer hitting the streets like they were. They're they're calling them um, convention centers, right? Family detention centers. Let me tell you what it really is. And I'm glad you brought up Hitler because I studied Hitler in, in my high school um, in my senior year. And I tripped everyone out like, why would you study Hitler? I'm like, why would you not? Right. This dude almost dominated the whole world. Mm -hmm. Like, what if we could take his lessons of how he did that and turn it to good? Mm -hmm. What if we could dominate the world and turn it to good and be like, hey, let's help nations instead of you know, doing horrible acts. So 
he studied the American Holocaust. That's how he did that to, to Germany mm -hmm. and to the Jews. Mm -hmm. He studied from the Americans of what they had done to the natives, right? Mm -hmm. So now we are in the same realm where these these camps are concentration camps because mm -hmm. what are they doing? They're concentrating kids into small areas. Mm -hmm. Even if they have their own bed now and they're not in this like horrible looking cage, they're still concentration camps and they're still committing genocide because by definition, genocide is not just killing people. It's displacing them. Mm -hmm. it's, it's separating them from families. That itself is genocide. Mm -hmm. So with that information at hand, right? As you're telling me this, I'm already as an artist thinking of what I could do that could be impactful, right? And just as freestyle off the top of my dome, I would research what the sign looked like in Nazi Germany, right? What it actually looked like, these concentration camps. Mm -hmm. Replicate that and put it in a big thing, put it on their lawn, mm -hmm. and this modern day, this is who's here, mm -hmm. right? In the same fashion as fascists did back then. But they're, they'd rather gather, and, and I'm not dissing, you know what I mean? Like there's powerful things that we can do with art that I feel like I want to inspire and and you can't hide from truth. And that's the point. I don't like you said, if it's not enticing in five seconds, then it's not worth my time. Right. That's right. the um, that's the ultimate distraction of reality and being in the moment. Yes. And and um, there's a book I read that's called. Uh, the Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Mm -hmm. It's a very complex book. I had to read it a few times to really like get the grabs of it. But it wasn't until I started reading other books like The Four Agreements um, and, and then doing my own internal research and then looking into native wisdom that I started really understanding what is the power of now. Mm -hmm. You know, the power of now is letting go of this frequency we've been given, we've mm -hmm. been programmed with. We mm -hmm. got to unprogram that frequency of thought because that's not your own. You, you didn't develop that. that. That's been given to us. Right. So we have to go back to the roots and develop our own frequency of that and change our perception and really have a paradigm shift. That's what we need, a paradigm shift. Well, I think we have to define what perception is because people go, oh, I want to change my perception, but then, then they don't understand what that means. Right. And what does that mean to you? To me, uh, perception is going to be kind of the, the lens of how you view life. Okay. The lens. Mm -hmm. Now, like you have glasses on, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I was born in some Oakleys for a while. So that was my perception mm -hmm. that I needed. I needed them to say Oakley for me to feel cool enough to to sport them, mm. right? That was my perception. But that's not the that's not the motor of my thoughts. Mm. That's just a perception. It's the lens. Mm. So a par shifting paradigm is is shifting the the motor. Mm. It's, cha it's changing the motor around. Mm. So. You can keep the same perception, but when you do, when you have a paradigm shift, even that perception will not fit no more. It won't fit. Right. So, so if you're, you're only, describing it as a lens. Yes, because like if, a pair of glasses. Yes. This is perception. Yes. Everyone, according to Heron, and it's a great analogy. Um, according to Heron, this is perception. Yes. Boom. My perception's gone. It's changed. Right. Or it's changed. changed. Yes. Right. So the reason I say that is because. We can change perception all we want, but sometimes we go from one perception to another one. Doesn't mean that it's better. You're just changing from Oakley's to Ray-Bans now, you know? Doesn't necessarily mean it's better, but if you really want to go deeper, we need a paradigm shift. Change the motor of what is behind the perception. Right. Here, so here's... But the foundation of that is the conditioning as, as children, us growing up in the U.S., right? So here, here's what I think perception is. It's right along the lines of what head-on 
just described, like a pair of glasses, right? But there's one thing you left out. Someone put those glasses on you. Yes. Someone put those glasses on you. Yes. Once you realize that, once you realize, oh, shit, someone fucking forcefully put these glasses on me and I keep taking them off and they keep putting them back on me. Yes. Right. Because yes. I'm too scared to see without of these glasses. Mm. Yes. And a lot of people are. This is the only way I learn how to see the world is through these glasses that someone forcefully put them on. Right. And I can say those that's my parents. You know what our ancestors <laughs> and my and this so, is my yeah. humble opinion. So people always go to my DMs and they say, You're factually wrong and da da da. These remember, these are just my thoughts, my perceptions. I'm an independent sovereign artist. That's it. If it helps you, great. If it doesn't, you know, whatever's right. Let let me touch on that though. Yes, you are giving your own independent uh perception, but I also think that you cut yourself short from the influence you're gathering. So people are getting at you and they're coming at you, maybe mm. sideways, mm. maybe because of their own uh, shadows, but because they understand you have a voice in the community, mm. you know, and that voice is growing. Mm -hmm. So I, my advice, you know, from a listener and outsider uh, is that there's, a, you know, like the line is, is corny, but the one given to Spider-Man, with that comes great responsibility. Yeah. With that perception of yours, because you have a voice in the community, comes great responsibility. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think that, once once I got out of Long Walker Sweat Lodge, I knew something was different about me that was going to be, and now I'm here, right? And so, but to go back to perception, you know, my it's, it's what you reference life with, right? And all you can, and that, it goes back to the Toltec understanding of the life of the first attention, right? Hey, pay attention to me. Mm -hmm. Hey, don't, don't, don't eat with your mouth full or whatever's. Don't, and all this like programming or domestication or whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. it's a program, right? That program is what you call perception. Someone went, boom, this is how you view life. Jesus Christ, hell, America, you're free. You can be rich one day. You can be, you know, all that bullshit, right? The pimped out illusion, like I put out in my, in my Doctrine of Discovery, the pimped out illusion that we all are in the same diaspora, but we're not, totally not. But to get back to perception, this is what made us so powerful, is the perception in the life of the second attention you give to everything that's outside of you, something you'll never understand. Your perception, you cannot understand your perception. Do you understand that? No, I would like for you to elaborate. Like, there's no need to have this concrete definition. Yes, but your okay. own reference. Yes. In other words, instead of my reference being something someone taught me, mm -hmm. my reference is the infinite outside of me. Do you understand? Yes. A morning sunrise. Um, I don't know, something on National Geographic that I saw in nature that... Ooh, that's my reference. And, you understand? And this is that's my perception. Yes. And, and to uh, touch on that, something I learned: nothing, 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 absolutely nothing is obsolete. Right. Nothing. So everything you think you know for sure, I, I got this like the back of my palm. Nothing's obsolete. So right. you got to keep learning, keep learning, 
unprogram, unlearn, and then learn again, learn again. So think about it. Think about the vision quest. What is that? Your root in perception. Why? Because they left you on the mountain for four days with no food and no water. And what are you doing? You're observing everything around you. Nature comes to you. It talks to you. It touches you. You're developing your perception of reality. And it will shift throughout, the, throughout that time. Absolutely. I fasted for five days. I've done it three times. Mm-hmm. And this is before sweat so lodge or anything. Just on, on studying health. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first two days are the hardest. Mm-hmm. The first, because you're, you're battling your mind. Mm-hmm. And your mind's getting to you like, you need to eat. You need mm-hmm. to eat. And, and it gives you headaches. And it makes you feel like, you know, like shit. And on the third day, and I learned, so if you fast for three days, you, you um, reset your, your immunity. So on the third day, it was a little bit easier, but that's when the physical really kicks in. Like, oh, I do really feel really hungry. Now it's not the mind anymore. Mm. Now I feel it, right? Mm. But then you get over the third day, and on the fourth day, something magical happened. I had all this energy, mm. and I didn't know where it came from. And mm. I went for a run. I went to the beach, and I ran. Wow. And then on the, and I was like, man, maybe I shouldn't work out. But on the fifth day, I had even more energy, and I needed to do something. Like, my body was telling me, move. Mm. I couldn't just stay at home and, and sit. Mm. So I, I went for another run. And, uh, and then I'm like, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. So that night I broke it after the five days. Mm. But then the third time around, I noticed the exact same thing. It was the first two days, really mi- a mindful battle. Right. So it, it me- what it taught me is that, oh, and after five days, the reason I did it was because after five days, you reset your DNA reconstruction. Mm. So your DNA starts fixing itself. You go into this absolute, um, or nothing's absolute, but you, you go into this stage of... Um, uh, a lot of people are taking the keto diet or your body goes into ketosis after 12 hours of not eating and fasting. And after five days, your body's in full ketosis, just repairing all the DNA in your body. And that's why I did it for. That's crazy because I want to do that. Head on. I definitely need that in my life. You know, it, it's <laughs> funny that you guys talk about that because I do that during the nemotemi of each year. Mm. I fast for five days. So I've, I've done that for four years straight. That's good. And, and then... After that, I go into an intermittent fast. But yeah, keeping yourself, that keeps me humble. It keeps me grounded. For some reason, it works on your ego. You know, that's what I've, that's been my, you know. Clarity, clarity of mind. All the fogginess goes away. Absolutely. So essentially fasting um, repairs your body, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, it gives time for your organs to repair yourself. If you're digesting, the organs have to shut down to digest. That's why. And if only more people knew about this. Full, full disclosure for anybody listening. Uh, I'm not a doctor. Uh, please do it subtly if you're going to do it. And, and, and please go to a physician if you have to, to study your body. And if, if you, you could be and you don't even know it, you could be um, deficient in something that if you go into a fasting, it might really hurt your body. So you got to, like, check yourself. I didn't. I just went with my intuition, and I was good. But there's people that, you know, like uh, diabetic people, they need sh- their sugar levels regulated. So they... You know, they need to go about it a different way. Absolutely. So I, I don't want to put nobody in danger. Well, definitely do your research on yes, it. I, research. I'm on a high mineral diet. That's why I, I, lim- I, I just very, I eat very little, period. That's just the way I eat every day because I have more nutrient than actual food. So um, with that being said, I did, I tried the, because inter- I tried a lot of different diets. Mm-hmm. And um, in and, and 2018, I've always been like around 200. I went to Zacatecas for a month and, you know, eating all the good food. My grandma was, my abuelita was, um, Mama Rita, she was feeding me. And one month, I went up 22 pounds in one month. 
So when I came back, I was determined to lose it. Right. And I'm like, I'm going to go into intermediate fasting. So I started with 12 hours not eating, and then 14 hours, and then 16 hours, 18 hours, 20 hours, 22 hours not eating. So I was eating the just two hours of the day, the one meal. And three months, and then I ended it with the five-day fasting. And three months, I lost 66 pounds. Wow. wow. I was thinner and smaller than high school, mm. than ever in high school. And I was like, then I learned, like, this is not my weight class. Like, I don't feel good in this weight class, but I did it. Mm. So then I started picking up again. Um, but that was just to prove to myself that the discipline. So um, are you familiar with the Maslow's hierarchy of needs? No. So it's a pyramid. It's a psychological pyramid, I guess. Um, and he studied, you know, back in the 1940s. He was like, why is there all these uh, doctors studying what's wrong with people? He studied what's good with, with people that were successful and happy. So he made a pyramid based on mm -hmm. that. And uh, now I learned that he uh, actually kind of stole it maybe from the Navajo or there was a, a similar pyramid and he switched it. Mm -hmm. But um, the, the basics is that the very first needs are physical. That's your, your physical needs, right? Um, so, and then after that comes security. After that comes, um, he switched it. it, comes belonging on his, belonging. And then uh, I think uh, uh, um, acknowledgement from like the community or whatever and then self-actualization. But the Navajo had those top three switched around. That's why we're in this. In this, uh, you talk a lot about um, colonization, right? And the and the, the colonizers, they have developed us to think in this very individual format. That even in the mass Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is really studied a lot, it takes you to this. The very top is self actualization, meaning I am I am complete. But no, the, I think it was a Navajo who who said no. The, he switched it right. So it was community, belonging, love on top. Self-actualization actually is the, like the third one. Mm. So you have to find yourself before you can give to your community, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But anyway, so the, the very physical, the basic is physical needs, right? So if you, can, if you can discipline yourself on something that your body needs for survival, like food, then you can conquer anything. Mm -hmm. If you can tell yourself, I'm not going to eat for a certain amount of days, which is what you need to survive, mm -hmm. and you do it in a safe way, then you can conquer any addiction you have in life, anything yeah. after that. I realized that, you know, when, when I do the fasting for the Nemotemi each year, I, every, day it gets, every day it gets closer to March 12 or March 11. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, maybe I'm not going to fast this year. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. Nah. That's the, when the, start, the, the talk starts in your head. Nah, I'm not going to do it. I like year. how you said that. That's when Because I, I like, have that talk too. And then and you start realizing, like, that talk, what it's asking you to do, it's that self-intertalk, right? You start listening, right? So the reason I fast is for my health. I want to be a grandfather. I want to be there for my children. And I want to show them a, uh, like a structure, right? As an adult, as a 47-year-old adult, I have a structure to my life. If I could pass that on to my children, and if it benefits my community, then amazing, right? So, um, fuck, I lost my train of thought. And I recommend that everyone uh, look into your ancestral roots, and, and I guarantee you, you'll find that no matter what nation you come from, what tribe you come from, our ancestors, all of them were practicing intermediate fasting. Absolutely. Because there was no McDonald's back then. Yeah. There was no liquor stores. Yeah. There was no easiness and convenience stores. I, so, believe, I believe, look, it's common sense. When, when you drink from a river or a stream, there's algae, pollen, whatever's in there. There's a lot. It's not just water. So it's mineralized water. Um, but to get back to what I was saying, when you're, when you're, when you're fasting and when I fasted for the Nemotemi, you learn things 
when your little kid comes up to you who's five and tells you I'm hungry on your second day, right? Then he goes away. And now you're alone in the kitchen with everything around you. And that talk starts to happen again. Mm-hmm. I just eat a piece of bread or just, mm-hmm. let's just eat mm-hmm. it. No one's even here. Slow bite. Like just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no one's even here. Just, yeah. why are you doing this? this is, like, it almost gets aggressive for yes. me. Like, this is stupid. Like, yes. doesn't make sense. Right. And I'm cooking, dude, for my kid. Yes. Like, I'm not eating any. I'm not tasting it. I'm just, I have to be, it's almost like I'm in Tai Chi at that point. Right. Where it's like, Defeat it. What the, what, what the, what, from what I understand and from my studies is called defeating your own self. You have to defeat your own self, right? Let's go deep in that. Cause, um, if you are defeating yourself, is there two of you? Well, what is taught my first perception, I'm right. fighting the perception that was given to me because you, that's comfortable. That perception is comfortable. Kind of like when, like, um, like if you win a uh, uh, right now, you're cool, right? You go into mm-hmm. a bar and you go in with your girl, right? Yeah. And then you win the lotto next week, but you go into the same bar, everybody knows you, and now you got money galore, right? right. What's going to keep you grounded? Nothing, because you can do whatever you want now, at that point. Kind of like Tiger Woods. Tiger right. Woods kind of just went, "Fuck, I have enough money to deal with anything." Yeah. Right. And and you'll get to that point if. If you have that money for all of us, even me, I, I'm telling you, no, I'm not going to be that way, but I, I might. Mm-hmm. I've never experienced having all the money that I've ever wanted, right? And people knowing that I have that money mm-hmm. and what comes with that, mm-hmm. you know, business opportunities, women, right. all that indulgence, yes. right? But when you fast and when you defeat your own self, right? See, what I just described was a taught perception, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't the perception that my abuelos gave me hundreds right. of years ago where they sat me on the mountain. On the right. second day, they went and said, hey, what have you seen so far? Right. Oh, I've seen the moon. I've seen the full moon. Well, that full moon, that's your relative, right? This is the perception yes. versus I'm a millionaire. I could get whatever I yeah. want. 2021 my uncle says wow he's a cool guy look at how cool he is he won the lotto you understand the perception i I do Uh, and 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 that's what we're doing when we defeat our own i agree with you i'm just gonna on my perception Mm -hmm. i will switch it around so based on the books i've read and the knowledge that i've you know that i've acquired through through my own is that you're not defeating yourself that's that's an illusion of ego Mm -hmm. because when you say i am defeating myself self Mm -hmm. is your spirit self is your soul so who is i who is speaking as i that's ego so it would be the other way around self is reclaiming self self is removing the ego i would i i would completely agree with you but it didn't just happen right now it isn't a result of colonization Mm -hmm. defeating your own self happened back then too you know you could be from an impeccable family who had a formula or an alchemy of you know making very strong warriors right that ego could go to your head and you think that people who don't have that wisdom are less than you because they're smaller or maybe they're not athletic they're maybe Mm -hmm. not as smart as you do you understand what i'm saying i do i do so that's what i mean by defeating the perception yes that you are actually bigger than you really are because we're just particles we're 
particles yeah. experiencing. Well, well I agree things. that uh, to simplify it and for it to be more digestible for the audience and people who haven't done the inner work, self would be understandable. But when you go deep in that in that journey of defeating self, then you learn that it's not you're not defeating self. You're defeating these perceptions that yeah. were applied to you. Absolutely. So then self is rising up. Mm -hmm. The true self, your soul, your spirit, the endless, the 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 you know, the timeless, the he who remains. Right. Yeah. Whatever that is. I don't try to figure that out. I just yeah. experience it. You know? Like, but that's the that's the old wisdom. Just yeah. experience it. Like yeah. I don't because it's not it's not something that look, I was thinking about this. I had this really strong vision, right? I'm driving and I'm with my my kid and we get off we go to the park i'm sitting under a tree and i go wow something came to me mm -hmm. said think of the mind as a lake right a lake is water falls into it and retains and then it said think of your heart as the ocean which is bigger Obviously, the ocean. Right. So focus your power on your ocean. Your ocean. Your heartbeat. Your voluntad. Your will. That's really the perception that they gave us. Because when you go to construction, mm -hmm. who's carrying a bag of cement that's like way, <laughs> that doesn't need to be carried, but that will yes. inside of him is making him do it. His focus on finishing and accomplishing is doing it. I have a cool story about that, actually. So I'm a union member. I'm with the Labor's Union. Mm. I joined in 2007. And um, they make you go through a two-week of boot camp um, to make sure that you're fitted for construction. Mm. They don't want weak people that's not going to make it, right? Mm -hmm. So for, for their own good, like, are you sure you're ready for construction? Let's mm -hmm. put you to a test. And in the class, it was, I think it was uh, about 47 of us. And you see some big dudes, and you're like, oh, man, they're going to run through this like nothing. Bro, they were the first ones to to quit. Mm -hmm. They just quit. They walked away. Mm -hmm. they, they didn't have it. Mm -hmm. And um, at the end, only seven of us made it. Forty quit wow. or, or were cut off because we were slacking too much. Mm -hmm. and Or they looked like they were about to dehydrate. And mm -hmm. they're just like, no, you're not, you're not doing it. Try it next time. But it, out of the seven, and... I was one of the seven, and I barely made it. But out of the seven, the smallest guy in, out of the 47, he was there. Mm. And he had so much will, he had so much heart, that even when he couldn't, the, the, the rest of us, we saw it, and we recognized it, and we would try to help him out a little bit. You mm. can't really help each other a lot, but you a little bit mm -hmm. you can. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the professors and you know the instructors, they saw it, and, and they had kind of allowed us to help him out. Because more than anything, a union is brotherhood, mm. you know? And that's been forgotten. You know, now it's all about, oh, get yours. But a union is brother. And that's one of the reasons that it called me, the brotherhood. Mm -hmm. And we helped him out. And, man, he had more heart and more will than anybody. Yeah. Well, that's our gift, is our will. How we apply the will is up to us. Yes. Right? Can we focus? Sometimes people don't even focus on the will. Right? I learned will through watching my partner have babies. You know, the will to push out another life is probably one of the hardest thing a human can do and will's found in resilience right resilience mm -hmm. that's a lot of will and our people they we know resilience we know 500 years of resilience we've been resilient people i you know i i love that the example of 500 years of of 
of resistance, right? 500 years of, re of resistance, you're muted. I love that phrase, by the way. Yeah. 500 years of resistance. That means a lot. Think about this, though, guys. Like, like as we say, I'm here to challenge perception and perspective. If I focus on the time that my grandfathers were taken away from me for the biggest challenges of my future generations, I would think of the invasion. But if I want to think about the successes of my community, the brilliance of who I am, the very will, that's my long journey, right? From Utah till we saw the vision. There was no destination. They didn't say, yeah, Mexico, Tenochtitlan, Lake Texcoco, that's where it's going to be. They didn't know. They, they didn't did know. not know. It was a vision. Mm -hmm. It was a test of will. Who was going to stay together in the community? Gather the wisdom. Not, gather the resources. Not just that, but then through all the pueblos, and we talked about this often, right. all the pueblos that they traveled through, all the wisdom they collected from right. all the gatherings and all the fire gatherings and Absolutely. all the elders. And know? how many people stayed? They didn't follow the vision. They, didn't, they, they said, no, we're done with the vision here. Right. Right. And they became people from there. Right. And it's, it's a mother tribe. A 240-year walk till we saw the vision. Right? I'll leave it there. I say that we need to focus on our accomplishments. The reason we can build buildings and for white people is because we've been on this 240-year walk where things were bad sometimes. Maybe things were good sometimes. I would imagine that they would go through a desert and they're like, fuck, we're in a fucking desert. We would, <laughs> you know, now what? And that's when the prayer came in and maybe the hikuri came in and maybe all I'm talking about a long lineage of lifetimes. And then so here's the thing, too, that I've been challenged with in my community is that they constantly say, what are you referencing from? What is your reference? I need to know your facts. I have no facts. But that frequency of thought, let's recognize that. Who are they mimicking? Yeah, exactly. Who are well, they mimicking? It's like, they, it's like that S Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome. Where they don't even think that they're going like, look, oppressor, tell me if he's right. Yeah. Right? Because they're going to go, well, the book was written by a Mexican guy, but it was edited by a white person, distributed by a white person, yes. profited by a white person. Yes. So what are they going to let through? Are they going to let through the true story of your genocide and your Holocaust? Because that's what it was. It was a genocide and Holocaust. And guess what? We're still standing. And here's a funny one. Even when, because I don't agree with a lot of the, you know, uh, theorists that, that have now been debunked, like us crossing from the, from, you know. Baron Strait. Baron Strait, yeah. Even when they give us that, right? And I'm like, okay, you want to reference the, the white people in the, in the colonizer? Look up Graham Hancock. Because he debunked all of that. And he's telling us that based on his research, we've been here uh, almost, uh, and it could be 130,000 years. 130,000 years. He says, he argues, and he, he uh, you know, encourages the mainstream, uh, mainstream uh, scientists to look into it. Maybe we're not the new world. Maybe we're the old world. Absolutely. Maybe from here, others walked over to the other side. Right. And, you know, he's like, he's not saying that's what it is, but that's how back we go that it could be that. It's kind of the same thing about Admiral Byrd. Have you heard of Admiral Byrd? 
Admiral yeah. Byrd was, uh, I think he was like in the Navy or some shit. And he was tasked by the U.S. government to go to Antarctica, right? And when he went to Antarctica, he found fucking landmass the size of this continent. Oh, yes, yes, I remember. Right? Yes. That hasn't even been explored. When I found out that information... I went right back to my ancestors' way of looking at things, knowing that we will never understand, we will never know how big this earth is. We don't know how big this earth is. I don't believe we know how big this earth is. Someone will come up and tell you, hey, I have the proof that, or, or this is the best theory of my understanding of this. And that's all white supremacy. Like, I'm the smartest motherfucker. Just listen to me and shut up. You don't have this much research. Right. And, right. and perfect moment to drop in something I've learned recently from John Trudell. He says, believe less, think more. Absolutely. Believe less, think more. Mm -hmm. Tap into your own internal intelligence. Mm -hmm. Reactivate your intelligence that you were born with, that you were gifted with. Right. And that is vibration. It's vibration. Right. Think about it. Cells, blood cells, tiny microscopic blood cells are individual vibrating individually. So I believe that when you get the chills from a song... Or you meet a person, those blood cells condense and vibrate and remind and feel. And now action comes into play, right? So not only not it, only that, but it's detectable. So I met a scientist in Compton once that was giving a science lecture there. Um, he was telling me about what the future is bringing. And he mm. said um, he would love to have this in Compton because I guess he was from Compton. But he's a big time scientist now. He said, you know how they have artificial intelligence? I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's old news. That's old news. The new, the new what's coming is, uh, is uh, intuition intelligence. I'm like, what, what is that? He said, picture this. You walk, into, you walk into a building, and depending on how you're feeling, the music will detect it. There will be a device that detects your feelings, and it will play music to pick you up. So say you're having a, a dark day, a down day, and they'll play Bob Marley for you so you can pick up your, your emotions. And that'll be intuition, intelligence. Mm. And then that, imagine they, you know, they're building robots. Imagine they put that in a robot. And that robot can pick up how you're feeling. Yo, that shit just... Yeah, so, so you mix intuition, intelligence... With artificial intelligence. With artificial yes. intelligence. So That's dangerous, though, right? Very dangerous. Very dangerous. But he said, uh, and I felt his... Might as well just put some skin on that robot and well, call him a human. Well, you know, a hundred years from a hundred years ago, they couldn't picture us having this live streaming, right? right? So, well, what? it's think of it like this. Think of it like this. When I say track tracing, right? Have you heard of that term, Armando? Um, track tracing. No. Wait, contact tracing. Contact tracing. I, I've heard of that term, and contact that's what they're going to be doing, right? Attempting Con to do, right? Right. Contact tracing, right? Okay. It's kind of like algorithms or artificial intelligence right everybody goes to a movie or sees something on fucking facebook or or or, or instagram and goes automatically that's fucking real what the fuck that's real that that artificial intelligence shit that's fucking real yeah right and then you see this real documentary about it right like real actual scientists people who are credible and who, who you've seen in other TED Talks and, yeah. you know, do something. They're like, Psh. it's like really low grade yeah. guessing. It's really low grade guessing. Whatever you feed it, it's going to feed back to you. 
Yes. Right? That's how the ads work, kind of like the way the ads work, right? You feeding it a certain keywords, it's going to feed those things right back to you, right? So it's not very intelligent at all. It's not learning anything. It's being fed. Yes. And we can, and we can look, reflect on history. And let me ask you this. And this is just based on personal opinion, right? We're not scientists. Absolutely not. Do you believe uh, or do you think it's real, the landing of the moon in that whole video? No, absolutely not. You? I absolutely do not believe. I don't think so because why don't time, they go back? At that time, we had the technology to go up there and then worst case, come back. Like, head on. I'm sorry, bro. There's no way in hell that in the 50s and 60s, they sent human beings to the moon and they came they came back. But I do believe they sent uh, dogs and monkeys. Oh, for sure. They've been experimenting with, with <laughs> animals forever, right? But here's what and there's I'm that, And there's that legendary uh, video of the yeah. chimp. Look, yeah, going, both, going of you, both of you. When has anything that ever came from this country ever been factual? It's, it's been, yeah, it's been a lot of bullshit out there. Uh, no, I'm talking the inception of this country, yes. how they file paperwork, yes. how they understand land ownership, how they understand everything yes. has a little bit of a little twist to it. But at the same time, you have to give it up to uh, Virgin Atlantic, the CEO of Virgin. Uh, he's apparently going to be... Uh, that rich Create, white dude? Yeah, he, he's, okay, he's so, going to be creating a jet that will take you to space. So, yes, but space is not... When you're... Okay, so perception, right? When you're in an airplane, you're in space. You're in space. What is space? Because we got to ask ourselves, what is space? It's Absolutely. Not, space is what? Anything you're not on the ground. Anything you're not on the ground, you're in space. You could be floating five feet above the ground. You're in space. Wow. Now, there's a space outside of the orbit, right? That's a whole other space. That's the outer space of the orbit. Mm. Can we get there? Maybe. I don't know. But let me question that video again. That video of us landing on, or some white dudes landing on the moon, right? Based on the technology available back then, which was already more advanced than what Hollywood was putting out, right? It was very believable. Did you know that uh, when they brought out the movie The Exorcist, a lady actually died because she thought it was real? And mm. she, she had such a, a hard trauma right there and then at the movies, she died. Whoa. So then they had to cut the movie. The, the, those extreme clips had to be cut out wow. because people were having very strong emotions to it that's how real it was to them look here here's what i think about the moon thing right think about it what year was it what year was it 60 64 64 early 60s so. yeah. what came out during 64 what came out well, there, jfk there was jfk yeah right the debate with um nixon yes right in that debate it was very clear mm -hmm. what the fuck was happening mm -hmm. right it was a political you have, move for sure. You have, you have JFK going, blah, 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 Cuba, 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 mm -hmm. right? And then you have Nixon going, the greatest invention to man is TV. We need to get bigger networks of TV all across America and make TV affordable for all yes. the people of America. Yes. TV is the next future. Yes. TV, he was arguing over technology and, uh, versus a Cuban crisis embargo, right? Yes. Why? Because all of a sudden, now everybody has a fucking TV or enough people have a TV in their room. And yes. guess what? Now we can fly to the moon, guys. We can see it on TV. Exactly. So, so let's break that down. TV is now we use TV, right? But back then, no one was calling it TV. It was television. And what is a television? Right. Tell a vision, right? right? So they were telling us a vision. Now, if you watch that landing today, doesn't that look like an old ass outdated movie? 
Like that shit don't look real. I'm just saying <laughs> that shit don't look real. Whether it's factual or not, in terms of like, well, according to the first this is the way so. this is the way I figure out. Like, you gotta when you're dealing with European or people of the monarch and elite class, they never tell the truth. Never, never. Their whole existence is based on a lie. Right? Well, here's what they do do. They tell a little bit of truth. They and tell it enough. It, yes, like Kool-Aid. Yeah. Like Kool-Aid. You look at Kool-Aid and you drink that Kool-Aid thinking you're drinking this, this amazing drink. It's mostly water mm-hmm. with a little bit of fake coloring mm-hmm. and a whole lot of sugar. Mm-hmm. So most of it is fake, right. except for the real water that's in it. Absolutely. And that's what they've been giving us. They've been giving us this fucking Kool-Aid. Well, that's what Nixon was debating JFK about. But we don't know that fact. Did you, did you know that so, fact that but, he was debating? But, but yes. the other argument, you know... I would say, did they fool the whole NASA staff? I, I want to say yes, because I have a friend that I can't, you know, uh, she worked for NASA. I don't know if she's still working there, mm-hmm. but I asked her, uh, you know, what she, what she believes in her take. And she's like, yeah, I think it's all real and it's all there, you know. Uh, I'm like, okay, well, you know, I, I'm grateful that she works for NASA because she was uh, raised in Compton. So someone from Compton working at NASA, that's a mm-hmm. huge accomplishment, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see how, like, even... People who work at NASA, they're only given so much information. They don't, they don't have access to everything. And there's a reason, you know, you're not going to let every staff member know everything, you know. And the biggest thing to me is why haven't we gone back with the technology? So did you know the room of technology back then, a computer was a whole warehouse? Today in your cell phone, you have that same technology and more. Uh-huh. So compare that to what they had back then. Why don't we have cars going to the moon right now? Mm-hmm. You know, because... Obviously, to me, it didn't happen. Look, it was a political move. Look, guys, when they came across in Manifest Destiny, their biggest thing was to pull their fucking thing over and give you a story. Yes. Right? And give you this cure, snake oil. This cures everything. Right? And who's going to listen? Oh, I talked to this Navajo Indian, and he gave me this, this, and that, and, then, and they're selling you something. And since their inception, they've been selling you something. An American dream. They've been selling you... Um, everyone's equal. They've been telling you that uh, this is the land of the free, home of the brave. They've been telling you that racism is over. But if you really look at it, think about it. I'm 47 years old, man. The biggest horrific thing I ever heard in terms of atrocities that happened on this planet was what? Nazi Germany. It gets drilled in your brain. Drilled. Nazi Germany. And so we go, man, that fucking not fucking hitler guy that fucking guy he's just oh my god i can't i'm glad they killed him i'm glad that's over you know what's a part of that always leave out though because i studied hitler in my right. senior right in my senior year it's not over it's still there it's not even true. stronger now true but there's two big parts they leave out every single time when they tell you that they show you the atrocity so you could pay attention to that right mm. they don't tell you who hitler studied right which mm. he studied the american holocaust here how mm. they did it here mm-hmm. He studied our ancestors. That's why he took the swastika and turned it around, mm-hmm. right? So he studied our, our ancestor uh, wisdom. Mm-hmm. But another part, that he actually sent a letter to Mexico. And he was like, yo, I know how they did you dirty. I know how they took away those seven states. If you work with me and you let me put some of my bases there, I'll attack that government and I'll give you, I'll return to you what's yours. Mm. They never really tell that part. Mm. Why? Because it's not in their. It's well, not in their wow, community. that's I knew, crazy. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Is I knew. That, is that I fact knew, Yeah, it's fact. Well, so I, you can look it up. So I what knew, happened was I knew that um, uh, during that time, Mexico was very uh, pro-Nazi. 
they which were is not a good thing. Nazi. It's also not a good thing. Yeah, well, they're pro Nazi. Wow. Let's just go Mexico. Yes, they yes. were huge. Because let's make that clear, guys. That's not good. Not a good thing. Not a good thing because. With that comes uh, the same thing, racism, colonialism, and colorism. Mm -hmm. So in Mexico today, you know, you still see it today in the news and the telenovelas, who's there? The blonde skins, the blue eyes, the light, lighter skin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there was this uh, colorism because racism didn't really fit with their narrative. So mm -hmm. they went under more of a mestizaje, mm -hmm. which is a mixture of both, right? And that became, a now it's this colorism that you could have, like I have cousins that look straight up white. Mm -hmm. You know, so we're not right. We can't be racist against each other. We have we share the same grandparents, but we can be colorist. You know, what's crazy about Mexico that I heard. And here's where the Nazi thing comes in is that you can't name your kid an indigenous name, just an indigenous name. You have to have like Jose or mm -hmm. fucking. What? Yeah, dude, you can't go like my son's name is like my son, Olin. I can't name him Olin in Mexico. I have, yeah, I have to it's name illegal? him Roberto. No, it just they won't recognize it. They it's won't like, recognize it. This so, is, you can't name your kid just an indigenous name. The wow. government name. So the government name. Yeah. So you can name them that, but the government title, the, and you know, this goes deeper. So the, the birth certificate, right? What's a certificate? Mm -hmm. What is a certificate? Isn't Everybody, that crazy? If, if, you a learn, if you want to learn about birth certificate, yes. I want you guys to look up a, a gentleman named by Jordan Maxwell. And this is why we're going to have head punch on, in, on, yeah, on, punch on in, several punch more in, episodes, uh, man, because yeah. there's so much here to, to punch in that. talk about. But to tap back into what you're questioning about, is that real that the Nazi, that Hitler and the Nazis reached out to Mexico? Yes. And so what happened was that, who knows, this is where it gets a little gray. Uh, some say the letter was in, intercepted by Washington, D.C. intelligence. I'm saying that's bullshit because they weren't that good. Um, I'm going to go with the other story that says some Mexicans sold out. And they took the letter and said, hey, we have something very valuable. How much are you willing to pay? Mm -hmm. And they, they sold out. And they, mm -hmm. paid, they sold the letter. And then U.S. Wow. went extra hard after that letter. Because they were like, if Hitler puts his army over here, we're fucked. Mm -hmm. We're fucked. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason they also looked at Cuba as such an enemy. Mm -hmm. because and they're, they're and at that time, Russia. Cuba was thriving. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that, that happened right after the Mexico thing. Right after World so, War II comes Cuba. So the reason I say, you know, I brought up the issue of World War II is because we keep hitting that point, right? We sometimes dwell into World War I, but those political or world issues are gone, right? And we, step, we get looped into this frame of time, mm -hmm. right? Like we never get past this evil person in Nazi Germany. Oh, wait, we killed him, so everything's over. But well, well, who killed them? Like, to me, growing up, the USA saved the world. Right. Exactly. Not the U.S. Saved not the world. Not according to Russians. So I met a Russian once. Uh, I was hiking to the Hollywood sign, uh -huh. and I met a Russian who was here visiting, mm -hmm. and she needed uh, guidance towards the Hollywood sign. So I'm like, yeah, I'll guide you. And we're talking along the trail, and um, I was like, so how's Russia? How's growing up in Russia? Mm -hmm. She's like, first of all, you guys didn't win the World War II. That was her first answer. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, first of all, get it right. Russia won. You guys came and cleaned up after us. Wow. Yeah. It was the big red army mm -hmm. that took down the, hit, the, mm -hmm. the, the Nazis. And it was the U.S. help because at the time, I don't know if you know this or not, Great Britain mm -hmm. was going to pull out and, and raise the white flag the mm -hmm. same night that Hitler pulled out of Great Britain. Mm -hmm. So and Hitler here, just beat him to, and the so, punch, and to the punch. So, okay, cool. Now we're talking about this event, right? Mm -hmm. And we're talking about the, the, the political um, geographics of, yes. of it all, right? And here's an even deeper layer is where you have... Um, 
the Rothschilds funding both. Yes. To create Israel. Right. Which now we see the after Funding both. Yes. So there's a person that has enough money to drop on a war. <laughs> yes. For interest, right? Right. Well, here, uh, so, here, you watch Game of Thrones, just to tap on no, into that? never. Okay, so Game there, of there, Thrones. There's a lot of subliminals yes, in there, there's right? a lot of subliminals, but one of the biggest ones that people should learn, and I don't know if a lot of people caught it, that no matter how big these empires were when they were going at it with each other, the biggest boss in the room was always the banks. Mm. And when the, the big empire was like, hey, I want, I want to get rid of the northerns, you know, the northerns are coming. And, he, and they were like, well, pay, pay, pay your Oh, oh, comment come in. Yo, yo. Are we still? Are live? we back, guys? It was like a, it was like a, a, a business glitch here. Matrix. Uh -oh. We started talking too real <laughs> to it the matrix. A, it was a building glitch, guys. <laughs> but I think we are back. Are we? Okay. Well, let me leave you with this. You know, are we about? Do we? Do we need to wrap it up, Armando? Oh no, no, no. We still got a good half hour. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. Then let's then let's continue. Yeah. Okay. We just dropped a whole lot of knowledge, so that's why. Well, just, <laughs> I, it's the, it's good to it's point maybe out. the algorithm that's catching these keywords. It's you know? good. That's it's, crazy. It's good to um. Well, what keywords are we saying? We're not saying anything that hasn't happened. We aren't saying things that they're not boasting about, right? They're just things you won't find in your history book. Absolutely. That's all. What w the way I see it is that you know. There are large populations and there are people that have large amounts of interest, which we call the ultra elite or the 400 families or whatever you want to call them. You know, yeah. just people who manipulate and don't think that they don't have a handler or a ruler themselves. Yes, because the deep these families just have very deep wisdom. Right. Mm -hmm. Imagine if you had like the wisdom of confucius you know confucius's book or something that was grand knowledge that you knew how to understand what we've been talking about in this whole episode well, perception even our, our the so-called so elite here the mm -hmm. colonizers they fear uh, within themselves right mm -hmm. i don't know if you remember this but jfk his last uh his last um talk mm -hmm. was very powerful and a lot of people believe that's the reason he was he was taken down yeah. Well, there's there's always going to be reasons in the in the Roman circus. That's what I call our reality is yeah. it's this Roman circus, right? This perpetual Roman experience that we keep reliving over and over again because we follow their drama and we follow their leadership and yeah. it's it's like just laughable sometimes because when you compare it to antiquity or or cultures of of um, ancient past and, and and it goes further back than the Maya and the Mexica and all that. This, I'm sure, like like what was that in the Gray something was his name, the scientist that or the researcher that. Oh, Graham Hancock. There you go. Um, I think I believe that our ancestors knew that there was a longer past. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We weren't very bigoted in no. in trying to um, rule the narrative because you can't rule the narrative forever. That's yeah. just impossible. And these elite families are like going down. Picture the castle burning and they're still inside making moves. 
mm-hmm. right? They're still inside trying yeah. to make moves, desperate moves. And, what are, and, and one of the reasons is because our ancestors really, really practiced and was about that life of the seven generations. Yes. They didn't do what they did for themselves. They did it for the seven generations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, meaning they well, were everything they were planting. Because they knew life was yes. cyclical, yes. right? They knew life was cyclical, kind of like... Um, the monks from, uh, what are they called? Um, the Shaolin monks? Not the Shaolin monks, the, the Tibetan monks. Tibetan. Who believe, who believe yeah. that their Dalai Lama gets reincarnated. Yes, that's right? a crazy story, that's by a, the way. That's a cyclical yes. thought process. Because yes. they go, he's gone, but he's coming, he's back. coming back. Boom. And so and then think of it like that. Now, yeah. now put our culture into it, mm-hmm. right? And we already had that perception. We already knew that time was cyclical. Mm-hmm. We knew was time was energetic. It had certain phases of energy, right? And if you were born in these certain phases of energy, it applied to your life. Did it mean that you came with the book of everything? Yeah, but the book of everything is hard to understand. It's the book of everything. What's your perception on reincarnation? I believe it happens, but it's not something like when I say that we're experiencing experiencing life experiencing death you know what i mean it's 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 a cycle it's a cycle right are you familiar with the kids that are documented this is this is how i believe um reincarnation works so the mom has a baby Mm -hmm. right but in that baby there's blood remember each cell vibrates at a different frequency Mm -hmm. and emotion and it sends a message in that baby, right? And that message is to keep living, right? That message is from the creator universe. But it also is encoding what that woman went through in her life, mm. how she was treated. Generational trauma. There you go. Trauma. Generational trauma. With ancestral trauma, too. With ancestral trauma. But when you come from a culture that makes self-imposed trauma a way of remembering gaining strength gaining guidance all those things then it's the same kind of message that the the woman's encoding in the kid yes like remember this message what is the message that the woman is giving into this baby remember that the perception is we learn from everything outside of us and that sometimes is atrocities Yes. Sometimes that's invasions. Sometimes that's displacement. But when you sit on a mountain for so long, for so many years, it almost becomes intuition. Yes. Well, you tap back into it. Like uh, right. you brought up the, uh, the, the monks. Are you familiar with Buddha and, and the way he found enlightenment? A little bit. So Buddha uh, was a royalty child that was his father had lied to him, created a whole environment of lies. In his kingdom, he only had young people. He didn't have no old, no sick, no poor, because he didn't want Buddha to experience that. Wow. So one day, Buddha, as a kid, royalty child, a privilege, he told his guards, hey, take me out. I want to see what's out there. And he saw sick, old, and poor. And he's like, what? We have all this food. Why are we not giving it to them? We have medicine. Why are we not curing? What? Why are there old people? I didn't know old people exist, right? So he was so disappointed with his father that he said i don't want this life and he he ran out he ran away and then he was like in search of something right so then he said 
I know how I'm going to find it. I'm going to go to this hill where this tree is, and I'm going to sit here, and I'm not going to remove myself until I find enlightenment. So he went fasting for days. I don't even know how long it took. But in that hill, in that tree by himself, that's where he found enlightenment. And when he found it, he knew he had a responsibility to then go give it back to his people. But people couldn't understand him. Kind of like the Totec, mm-hmm. like the Four Agreements, how it talks about how Absolutely. people didn't understand, right? right. He was talking some, like, what? Right. <laughs> right? And when people, when the, when the um, Zen yeah. masters asked one, them. One, one quick interjection. Go ahead. Why do you think we can't understand it? Because, and it goes back, it taps back into the beginning in television and all this, right? Mm-hmm. What's, the, what's the, and you said they sell us all these lies, right? And they sell us all this bullshit. Mm-hmm. What's the number one thing that they sell us the most? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Attention. Uh. Pay attention. Mm. Pay attention, right? Mm. So in school, you have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And, and every movie, you have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Everything. That's the biggest thing we're selling. Mm-hmm. And they're selling us. Right. So we pay so much attention outside of us, like you said, everything's outside, that we don't pay attention inside. Mm-hmm. So when someone comes to us that paid attention inside of themselves, and then it, through that inner connection, finds out that we're all co- connected and we're all part of the collective consciousness, and then they try to give us that information. We're like, what are you talking about? That's alien to us. Right. So like when he had this meeting of Zen masters, Buddha, um, a Zen master was like trying to test them. Like, okay, if you're enlightened, then tell us what is God. Mm. And Buddha remained quiet. Mm. And they're like, come on, tell us what God is. And he remained quiet, right? And only one Zen master understood. Mm. And he said, guys, he answered. Mm. Did you not see? Mm. It was a silence. Mm-hmm. Because you cannot describe God in Absolutely. words. You can't. Absolutely. In any book that tries, it's giving you maybe a little snippet. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Which is perception. Perception. Right. Yeah. Understood. So if we look at all these ancient, and you know, uh, I'm in a way fortunate, in a way unfortunately, I wanted to look towards enlightenment too, and I wanted w- this wisdom, right? And I knew the Catholic Church had failed me. Mm-hmm. Then I tried Christianity. That one failed me right away. I... Listen to the Stigos of Jehovah. It was not for me. I listened to the Jewish, not for me. And I listened to the Buddhist, and I was like, okay, I'm getting closer now. And then I listened to the yogis, and I, I'm, I'm getting closer. But it wasn't until I listened to my own people. I came back home where I was like, oh, now I understand better. And what I saw was that a lot of this ancestral knowledge is very similar to what the Buddhists are teaching, very similar to ancient cultures mm-hmm. around the world. Mm-hmm. Our ancestors and their ancestors all hold the, the keys mm-hmm. to real knowledge. And it's not the new era stuff. Absolutely. Well, what new ageism does is takes little bits and pieces that they feel like they can grasp. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what new ageism does. And, and then it gets complicated because it goes, oh, look at this mathematical, whatever, and astrological, whatever. But, you know, I always go back to people who have a document in stone. That right there was like a profound thing for me. Like, why would you put it in stone? It's not on paper. It's in stone. Right. It- although, although some, a lot of it was in paper, the, the Mayas had books mm-hmm. and the, the, mm-hmm. the Mexica. And unfortunately, the Spaniard uh, priests, they burned. It. I don't believe that. I believe that they took them. I think so, too. I think they took I them and so they too. took them to the Vatican, the Vatican and they learned the yes. alchemy and they apply it. Yeah, I think so too. They apply it. They apply it. They give to. us a they give us a story of like the great library of Alexander that it all went into flames, right? Because <laughs> it's believable. It's like, yeah. well, yeah, they're assholes. And they but why would they it. tell you that they have it? Like, imagine if they went, 
You know what? We were all fucking around. We have a lot of the books. Like, what would, <laughs> what would Mexico do? What would people give from Mexico back. give it back? Well, that's back. what AMLO did. He yeah. did request it back. Obviously, they're not going to pay attention to him, right? Right. But he did request it back. And right now, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but the Zapatistas, uh, they took off on the boat because, um, the, you know, this August marks 500 years in Mexico. Uh -huh. So the Zapatistas took off to Europe and they're go, do, going on tour asking for things back, but in a peaceful way. They're saying, Ooh, they're, they're saying, that's the next movie. Yeah. Then, right so on. that's what they're doing. And they said, we're we're doing to, we're, we're rewinding the clock in a way because it's 500 years have passed. We're coming to you now, but we're not here to invade. We're not here to do the atrocities you did. We're here to offer peace, but real peace. And that comes with give us our stuff back. Wow. So Zapatistas wow, are out there. What a movement! Wow, yeah. that's that's without any government help. The, the public, the, the the community did this. The community wow. put together so the Zapatistas are out there. And, and that's right what now. I'm talking about. That you know, I'm glad you brought up the Zapatistas because that's what I'm talking about in terms of the innovation of making your voice heard, right? Through protest or through whatever um, thing. Another movement that's really good is um, Be Water from china study the b water movement oh, from Bruce china. Lee? Yeah. yeah no the b water movement there's a protest oh, movement. A whole movement oh okay yeah you never heard of no. that one? well what they do is they 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 took the philosophy of bruce lee's uh, famous um be like water my be friend. like water my friend like yes. if the cup you know if you pour water into the cup that the water becomes a cup and yeah. then if you pour it into a teapot it, the water it takes up the shape of its container absolutely so what they did was People in China were gathering in, in masses, right? Mm -hmm. And sharing a location of protests through airdrop, right? Okay. And then, so everybody was going, no, they're going to go protest. Like, for instance, they say, oh, they're going to go protest in front of City Hall, right? But that was just the meetup point to get mm -hmm. the airdrop. I see. So then all the cops are going and focusing on City Hall, when everybody gets the 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 address everybody leaves mm, the notification <laughs> right and they leave yeah and then the cops are going well what the fuck happened kind of like, like a kind of like a car meetup they all meet up at a parking lot and then they right there and then they're like hey this is where the real race is going to go down yeah boom so and all then, the cops go there right. and then they start disappearing who knows where and absolutely. then they, they have the race down there absolutely so like i think one of the things was is that you know, for instance, they said, oh, let's meet up right here in City Hall. And then and then the uh, the 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 instructions were we're going to the subway. Mm. But the cops don't know that. They have to be on the same. Right. Which, you know, thing. It, it is a little concerning because China is uh, they're practicing a lot of the data. I don't know if you know this, but now we're in the inf informational technical war. Mm -hmm. So China saw that the U.S. had 2G, you know, 1G, 2G, 3G, and then 4G, right? Killing, killing it. So that, but when we had 3G going on, China didn't work on 4G. They said, okay, we're going to jump to 5G. So they jumped, mm -hmm. right? So all this 5G, a lot of it's coming from China, but that's why they have surveillance cameras everywhere. Everything's connected on 5G over there, and they have it on lockdown. Mm -hmm. Now, the United States is taking note, like, ooh, okay. Now they want to implement that here, and that's concerning. Mm. So I don't look at technology or anything. Uh, again, to go back to John Trudell, like he said, things are just things. Nothing's really truly evil. It's what you do with them, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But definitely, we can. We're using technology right now to get some, you know, some words out there that when I was growing up, I was looking for. I was looking for brown voices. Mm -hmm. I was looking for any inspirational brown voice. And one brown voice that was really suppressed. You know who it is? Um, rest in peace, um, Ruben Salazar. Mm -hmm. 
Have you studied Ruben Salazar? Yeah, I have. Man, that's our Malcolm X. Right. That's an intelligent brother. Yeah. And they silenced him. Yeah. Purposely, yeah. because he was he was getting at the colonizer not not through negative emotion and through violence, but through their own words of mm-hmm. intelligence, their own language, mm-hmm. right? So we're using technology, but technology can be used against us, as Snowden has, you know, told yeah. us. Yeah, absolutely. So we got to be careful of both sides to it. Uh, I, you know. When it comes to the big picture, it's very easy to see that we live in a city. It's kind of like one time I was seeing this uh, post on Instagram and it was about a a movie in the 70s about how two men, two white Caucasian men were at a bar and one Caucasian man was telling another one like, it's almost like we build our own prison. You know, we build our own routine, we build our own cell and we stay within those parameters, right? Right. Who, who needs big prisons when you go to work for eight hours? Maybe you go out and eat for an hour and then go back home to yourself by yourself and you lock your own door. You know what I mean? That's like kind of kind of scary. But yeah, that's the way it is. I actually have a poem, a deep poem that if I get a chance at the end, I'll maybe yeah, read it. Absolutely. Um, and in there I talk about how. We build our own mental prisons. Mm-hmm. We're institutionalized mentally. Mm-hmm. So some brothers are physically there. Some of us are mentally there. Some of us are spiritually there. And mm-hmm. some of us are emotionally there. Mm-hmm. And even with our, our cultura, I think the biggest prison we, we have given ourselves or it has been passed down is emotional suppression. Mm-hmm. Like it, I never heard from males in my family. To, just now they're like starting to, but never heard I love you, te quiero, mm-hmm. you know, te amo. Mijo. I never mm-hmm. heard those words. Mm-hmm. And when I would hear them from strangers growing up, it would hurt me. Mm-hmm. And I would walk away. I'm mm-hmm. like, don't tell me that. Like, right. Because I don't know how to deal with that. Well, that's 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 the um, Spaniard colonized version of life. Yes. Right. Yes. And I guess what brought comfort to me was not knowing. Mm-hmm. Once I heard that concept of not knowing, it took the pressure off of trying to yes. find out the answer. Right. Not knowing didn't mean I didn't know anything. It just meant I collected things mm-hmm. in my experience. That's how I view. Um, that's my perception. Well, that's life, right? Life. If I also describe life, life is a collection of experiences through the human body. Mm-hmm. Right. But we forget that we're spiritual beings in mm-hmm. a spiritual body. Mm-hmm. So we're not we're not human beings. Mm-hmm. We're spiritual beings mm-hmm. through a human experience. Mm-hmm. And we need to remember, and that's ancestral knowledge. Right. right. And with that being said, there's nothing anyone can do, anyone can devise through our timekeeping. Mm. Right? Our timekeeping. Our timekeeping was like kind of like our mathematical equation or map home all the time. You can always find your way home with this. That was the brilliance of the 240-year walk. And accumulating that knowledge and even having the idea of putting together all that accumulated wisdom onto a stone. Obviously, it came with other books that enlightened things and made things better. I do feel like, and you know, I, there's a, a, a famous picture, a viral picture that has the, has the, the acid calendar, the stone one. And it says our knowledge was not passed down in paper, it was passed down on stone, right? Mm-hmm. And I do feel that the most important, the most vital information, they made sure to it be on stone. Because mm-hmm. there was other information in books and papers, but they knew that can, that has an ex- expiration date. Mm-hmm. 
but the stone that's going to last mm-hmm. that's going to last through millennials right so they were they made sure that mm-hmm. the most important information of all their collections was on stone right i wonder why like think about it let's think about it let's think about why if i wrote it down if i was a dimensional understanding like a person that believes in dimensions not Fucking 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock to fucking, okay, today's January 21. You know what I mean? It's a very structured way of thinking. Stay with me here. I'm I'm there. Okay. So if it's dimensional, right? When you came back, maybe in the future or maybe in the past, you don't know how long that would be. This is like half sci-fi. Yeah, I'm following. But just more on the sense that, dude, Al Ron Hubbard created a whole religion and made people think certain things. <laughs> yeah. So this is not as far-fetched as Al Ron Hubbard, but think about it. If they were dimensional beings and they knew that time was cyclical, right, they needed to leave a marker that can, their information could stay there, will be there for what, 500, 600 years? Who knows? Because yeah. time is dimensional. Mm-hmm. So if they came back to this dimension and they saw those pyramids there, they would be like, oh, shit, there it is. Boom. Okay, cool. Energy source, blah, blah, blah. Let's fix it. Whatever. This is a movie, sci-fi movie right. that I'm describing. But not too far-fetched from what they come up with, right? Mm-hmm. They come up with supposedly, like, what people don't understand is that the CIA has a lot in Hollywood. Oh, yes. There's actually a committee. To make the perception that they're the dopest fucking, oh, my God. Now, don't get me wrong. They're dope. Yeah, some of it is real dope. Yeah. yeah. But they're not that dope like James Bond dope. Like, okay. <laughs> you know, like stupid yeah. dope. You know, yeah. and, but they make it seem like they are. You know what I mean? It's like, not, it's not uh, I would say it's not LSD dope. LSD is yeah. the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that what I'm trying to say is that they exaggerate yes. their potential. They're not, they're rooted in lies. And then we flip the switch and go to our ancestors. And what are they rooted in? Right? What are they rooted? They're rooted into time, stars, seasons, and it's very so concrete. on and so forth. It's very concrete. Through the observation of nature. And applying those principles into your life. That's, to me, is far more intelligent than crazy in a scanner or whatever the fuck they're trying to do. You know what I mean? Like, you know, not, not a scanner, but like yeah. trying to manipulate you with their technology yeah. that is false. Because they have to make movies to make the technology look like, oh my God, it's the all living thing. Like the cell phone. Everybody goes, oh, the cell phone. They're tracking us on the cell phone. Well, don't plug your cell phone in for uh, five days. See what happens. Yeah. Right. Go into a long hike into yeah. into wilderness with that cell phone and see what happens. Right. Now, and I think it's it's fear mongering. You know, I, I'm sure you're familiar with the whole propaganda fear mongering. Mm-hmm. And they and they give us all this fear mongering propaganda to to, again, pay attention to some nonsense. Right. So I like what Tupac said about, you know, when they asked him, what do you think about the whole Illuminati? He said, man, put a K in front of it. Kill that shit. Kill that noise. Who cares whose face is on the dollar? Just get the damn dollar because it's better than being in poverty. Mm. Right. So if the dollar can feed you, if the dollar can give your, your family food and shelter, 
get it. Who cares whose face is on it? Because that's the commodity that's needed right now, right? Kill all the other noise because that's going to distract you from getting it. Mm. While the you know, the, I, I'm not sure if I'm in total agreement with that. I, I'm, he, I don't I'm, think he said it in a way where like become materialistic and and and, and chase a dollar. No, he's just feed yourself. But but in 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 that community, in the African American. We, we could continue. Really? Of course. Go ahead. What the fuck? Weirdo. <laughs> Anyways. Look. I, I, I understand how important money is. To put a focus on it is a mistake in my opinion. Because people control that. Right? And the perception of a big stack of $100 bills doesn't do much unless you apply it to a resource center that will generate itself you understand like there's no economic basis of getting the money if you just tell people go get the money well people will rob a bank people will rob their own people right, right. people will go oh i'm getting ppi loans and da, 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 and i'm scamming the government and you know i'm not saying that i know anybody who did that but i'm just saying when you tell people to go get the money you know what i mean They'll go after, I think, the cheese that they put on the rat trap. That's what I think it is. That's what I think money is. Yeah. And it can't, you know, it can be definitely a trap. But so is religion. So is, so is some of the music we listen to. Some of the uh, things we feed, not just our, our bodies, but we feed our souls and our, our minds and our emotions, right? So anything could be a trap. I, I think what he was just trying to do is redirect people to, like, what matters more at the end of the day? What what can pay the rent and what can put food on the table or whose faces and what weird symbolism is behind the dollar, right? And we could get lost in that world. We could chase the rabbit hole of all these conspiracy theories. And a lot of our people will spend more hours on that research, like you said, mm -hmm. instead of, like, fighting for kids in cages. Like, you know, they're, right. they're chasing all these conspiracy theories and... You know, people trying to take our culture, like the whole new thing with the Afrocentrics trying to take our culture. Definitely, I spent some time in it because I was like, "What? What is it true? Is there any? You know?" And and when I listened to this one lecture, this uh, African lecture, and man, the way he was giving it, the the perception he was putting forward, he almost had me thinking the Omecas were African. And then I was like, "Wait, hold on, let me go listen to my people now." Mm -hmm. And then the way they told us, it, like, "Oh, it's pure nonsense!" Like right away, pure well, nonsense. Our, there was. The, the Mayan perception is science and religion, or science and faith, or science and what you can't understand, right? So, when you use those principles, you're basically describing truth, right? I'm going to give the truthful um, opinion or, or whatever on this subject based on not knowing, really. Yeah, but it, but if you do the formula, it comes out right. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason why we use spirals, right? Because we knew the law of Fibonacci, the Fibonacci, mm -hmm. you know, ratio, whatever. The, the sacred ge geometry. The sacred geometry. We yes. knew that by observation. Observation, yes. Observation, um, mathematics. You know, when you contrast math with observation, you get a result. Right. And that result is unbiased because it's coming from something we will never understand anyways. But we can write down what we saw. We can write down what position we were in. 
And, and, and to touch on that, you know, it's crazy that uh, it was through Maestro Masatzin that he told us uh, what Olmecas are and the, those who uh, measure time with rope. Mm -hmm. The the can you imagine the the dedication, the dedication and the patience to time to to measure time with a rope, and yeah. that's who our people is. That's that was the first major civilization of our lands. Mm -hmm. The old Mecca's, mm -hmm. and that's that was the dedication they gave us. Mm -hmm. That was the sacrifice they gave us. That they were looking up in the sky, waiting every night, and then like, okay, here's another knot to the rope, right? So that eventually we get the Mexica as the calendar, right? And you know that to me, it's like, man, our people is really like grounded. Right. Where you know, there's a there's a there's a Hopi talk that um, that I learned, and and the Hopi talk is said that there's you know it talks about the medicine wheel, and mm -hmm. it said there's four. Or people in the world and creator gave each each creation a task and he gave um the white nation the task of fire but they misused it and used it against other nations mm. he gave the uh the africans of the, the black part of the circle uh the task of water and if you look at africa it's surrounded by water and they have the longest now river and they're very fluent people you know they're good with the music and dancing mm. and then he gave the asians the task of taking care of wind And if you look at their teachings, there's a lot of flowing, you know, a lot of wind, like the way they fight Kung Fu, you know, it almost looks like they're flying, you know. Mm. And then he gave us, the Red Nation, um, the task of Earth. And our people are the best grounded people. Like they, they're really good at working the soil. Like my people are campesinos, mm. which now I learned is, you know, people of the land. Of course, we're native, but we didn't call ourselves natives. We just called ourselves campesinos. Mm. And they're very in touch with... We're, I think we're the best eco-friendly people in the world. We recycle everything because we're not wasteful people. Mm -hmm. We use everything to its full potential. And that comes from, if we relate it to the long walk that I'm talking about, would you waste everything? No. You wouldn't. You, You'd no. have to go, no, save you that. You have to, yes. You you, have to. We're, we got, you know, 50 miles more or whatever before we reach whatever guidance they were going, whatever they were walking down the Colorado River apparently and um so that wisdom gets stored away to be shared at a later moment you know or or, or just continue on with with that understanding right that experience that we documented it's the same thing we experience certain things that's why we documented just like dolmeca's going okay cool wow it got hotter let's tie a knot you know oh yeah. it got colder Let's tie a knot, yeah. you know. Oh, let's. Oh, it's windy. Let's tie a knot. You know, they're just observing, experiencing, never claiming ownership, and that's what we challenge here. We're challenging the narrative of them always knowing every goddamn thing and doing every goddamn thing the first time. And fucking damn, like we we're just talking about the moon landing and yeah, and just it's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, on uh, things that are not important to. The masses of people. See, when I look at our ancestors, I think of community. Master um, individuals who mastered community. Right? That, that's, that's a hard thing to do to get a group of people to do the same thing for one purpose. Yes. Right? But if you've been on this road for 240 years and it's been successful and it's been enlightening, You know, and then you finally get to see the vision come to fruition 240 years later. 
You know, I'm big on numbers, and that number, I didn't know the number was 240, mm -hmm. but every That's time what I Daniel hear, said. Every time I hear numbers, I always, in my mind, things connect. So when I hear 240, I hear 28. And I hear two, I, I, I hear, when I hear 240, I hear two times four equals eight, mm. right? And what is eight? Eight sideways is the symbolism of infinity. Mm. It always keeps going. Right. You know, so th I feel that in our people. A lot of the teachings, it's, it's about the seven generations, that everything's going to keep going. Mm -hmm. You got you to gotta think about that recycle. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I had the privilege, I worked for, um, he ran for president in 2020. Um, his name is Tom Steyer. He's a billionaire from San Francisco. That's mm. who I worked for in Ohio. Mm. So then when he ran for president, he came to Compton. Mm. I don't know why. He was trying to collect the, like, the marginalized vote. And I had an uh, opportunity to interview him real mm. quick. And I reminded him, like, I worked for you in, in, in Ohio. Mm. And I showed him the sweater and stuff. He's like, oh, cool, cool, cool. And I'm like, hey, I know you're big on climate change. And I'm like, I got the answer for you. You know, I don't, I don't hold the answer, but I know where the answer is. And he said, where? Indigenous people. Mm. They're the most eco-friendly people in the world. Mm. They recycle the most. Because not because of the money that they're getting back, because it's a little bit of money, but because they know how important it is in the big picture mm. to Mother Earth, to Pachamama, right? Mm. And all the all the kids in cages, all the you know so-called illegals and immigrants—they're not. They're native indigenous people, and we need to reclaim that identity, and we need to tap in with them and their teachings so that we learn how to heal Mother Earth. I think the greatest example for indigenous. Um, climate change or whatever that is you know because i you know i don't really believe anything they say not that it doesn't exist i just don't think that we're that smart especially not having the calculations that our ancestors or the rhythms that we had right they're just not that smart i don't believe in them well here's what i'll, I'll say because i've done a lot of studying behind climate change i say first of all let's fix the wording mm -hmm. it's not climate change because climate is going to change no matter what exactly it's going to change no matter what exactly. so let's call it what it is It's colonialism. Right. It's colonialism, right? right? So it's environmental racism and justice to the climate. Yes. Because of all the all the all the snake oil, right? That mm -hmm. we've been pulling out and all the wastefulness that colonialism mm -hmm. has done. Mm -hmm. That's what's going on. So we need to walk like straight people again mm -hmm. and we need to go back to some of the old ways. Not everything. But well, here's why I tell you that, that I don't think the planet's ready. Because we had an individual who represented in the UN and he represented hard. His name was Evo Morales. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Evo was like right on the fucking, oh, you want to fight climate change? Okay, well, stop drilling in the ocean yes. and stop, you know, doing. Yeah. And then, oh, wait, wait, we're talking yeah. about that kind of yeah. climate change. Yeah. You know, we're talking about like the hot sun. Yeah. It's like getting hotter. Yeah. And he's like, well, then stop doing this, doing that and the other. And then he started having a loud voice like yes. as if an indigenous person can have a loud voice in a house of white supremacy which you're is you're talking about the president evo morales yes yes of uh, bolivia right he, he he created a lot of change man that brother yes. fucking really revolution he's the modern day fidel castro he, uh, further than him. yeah uh, yeah he's dope he's yeah. really dope really dope but got cooed he did he's back in action though yeah he's back yeah and he was you know that he was the secretary of defense for the u.n I don't know. Yeah, he had a position. He got and went for, the, I believe, now correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not super computer remembering guy, but I know he had a position where he wanted to get the seat of the security of the UN to call out all the bullshit that the bullshit. US does, right? Like, oh, they're yeah. sending fucking guerrilla, yeah. you know, ops out there, black ops here and there, and, you well, know, 
disrupting oil trade between you know so and so and so and so and calling them out guess what happened he just got completely well the, U- out. the un is just a front i don't know if you're familiar with the famous speech that uh che Guevara did in the un no I mean, he I didn't. completely called out the u.s completely 100 mm. called them out at the un right mm. called them the enemy of humanity and shit like that mm-hmm. while smoking a cuban cigar which was dope wow but and Leonardo DiCaprio has spoken on climate change mm. at the UN. Mm. And recently, this just happened the other day, the UN had a vote on, mm-hmm. on how, how many countries and nations around the world agreed that the US embargo on Cuba should be lifted. Right. You know what was the count? All of them, I think it was like 68, all of them towards lift the, lift the embargo except two votes on no, which right. is obviously the United States and Israel. Right. And then three just didn't vote. Mm-hmm. Because they don't want to fuck with the United States, right. you know. And I think one of them, I'm not sure, but the, the flag looks like uh, believe, uh, Colombia, mm. which Colombia is under fire right now, you know, with all the protests and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but is it going to happen? The, I mean, the UN voted, and but is US going to lift the embargo? Mm. We'll see. But I think it's a front. The UN is a front. Mm-hmm. It's, well, it's, of course. I mean, they're all they're all just trying to keep control, you know. And you can't keep control forever when. Bernie Sanders or whoever the fuck it was who started saying that the 1% own 99% of the wealth, that's an uneven math problem. If our <laughs> ancestors looked at that math problem, they would laugh at that math problem. They would say, how can you completely own everything and 99% be poor? Not poor, but like... Poverty. Poverty. There's too many people in the poverty state. So that's what I meant about like... The sociology part of our community is that everybody had enough. And if you didn't, mm-hmm. you lived in the wild and you knew how to get it yourself. That's the most important things to focus on in this next time. When we go through this next cycle of life, there's a lot of changes and a lot of weird things that are happening. that can't be really explained, you know. I think it's our due diligence to not know it all. Because the more you learn, you learn that you don't know shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's our due diligence to follow the teachings of our ancestors and to do research, to, to educate ourselves, mm-hmm. to not depend on outside teachings as much as inner teachings. Inner teachings are great. And getting references from, you know, when I say I don't read books, I don't read books as truth. I read books as opinion. Yeah, that's what they are. That's They're written by they men. Yeah, They're written by men. An opinion and then, oh, wow, there's a lot of truth in this opinion. Just like right. the Bible. Every time I like people want to tell me, like I was locked up. I read the Bible. I, I read enough. Like mm-hmm. you know, I had nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. So when they're like, "Oh yeah," well then you read the Word of God. I'm like, I don't think God wrote that. Mm-hmm. Man wrote that. Oh, yeah. but but it was through visions of God. I'm like, okay. Well, I had a vision the other day with Creator. Can mm-hmm. can I tell you my vision? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna take that as absolute truth? Yeah. You know. So again, we have to remind ourselves. There's two truths. Mm-hmm. There's universal truth that cannot be denied. Like the sun is the sun. Mm-hmm. It's there. You see it every day. The moon is the moon. It comes out at night, right? And then there's, there's, um, and then there's your own truth. Mm-hmm. Your truth is your truth, mm-hmm. you know. And at the end of the day, you're walking this road. You might have family and other loved ones, but you're walking it. You, you are walking it. The, the spiritual being that you are. So mm-hmm. you know your truth before you learn other truths. Right. Yeah. Such a jam-packed episode, guys. Like, head on. You know you're going to be coming back, bro. Like, <laughs> I hope so. You know, head on. You're a vital role to LA Natives podcast, brother. You know, Thank you've you. been, am I right, Zero? Like, he, he, you've been supporting us since day one, bro. You I see the he, vision. I think he's a, he's a, that's what we do it for, dude, the, gener, the generations, you know, so that's, 
what we do now is going to affect seven generations from now. He's one generation away from me. Absolutely. Imagine if I didn't care if I was still drink, you know, drinking alcohol and not giving a shit, wanting to be a capitalist. Like we have to stand firm and and I don't know in 10 years how firm he's going to stand for this stance, right? That this is why I've been doing this for 25 years and still in the same stance. Right? Because I did hear that when I went to the lodge or when I went to the fire, when I was around, privileged to be around individuals who had true power, ancient power, our original power, um, that we do things for the next seven generations and how we affect. And that didn't affect me more so than with my own family and my own boys, my own situation with my family. You know, it's we do and that's what inspires me to break the chain of colonialism and intergenerational trauma the intergenerational trauma you'll figure out is way harder in my opinion yes than the white supremacy struggle yes because in our intergenerational trauma we're dealing with molestation we're dealing with physical abuse mental abuse narcissism Abandonment. Um, abandonment. Rape. Uh, rape. And those are all resulting from colonization. Yes. It's a result of colonization. And in my opinion, I don't get stuck in this, you know, everything went away when we took down Hitler. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it got worse. <laughs> well, you know, the whole... <laughs> I think it got worse. Why? Because now we have to forcefully take something medically recommended, but they're shoving it down our throat. Like, I mean, in some cases in the globe, they're holding people down and that's medical intervention. And if I can't have the freedom to at least deal with my own sickness in my own way, then what do I have then? You know? At or, any point, they're going to just... Or even freedom of thought, of having your own personal thought, if you're for it or against it. Mm-hmm. If you even speak about it and you post a post, uh, there's going to be the sign, COVID information, please click here for the truth or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Right there, they're, de- they're, wanting, they're attempting to debunk your opinion. Right. Because they're, they're saying, hey, don't, don't listen to this guy. Here, read here, read right. here, click on this and read here for the latest uh, COVID news. Right. Right. So, you know, just think of it as cops, right? Mm-hmm. Think of it as cops. And what do cops do when there's a murder scene there? Just keep walking. You don't need to know anything. Yeah. Just keep walking. Just know it's safe. Yeah. Know it's safe because we're here. <laughs> right? Right. I don't buy into... I, I don't put in my, my life in the hands of individuals who never cared for me ever. Ever. They never not once showed that. And was, what about those philanthropists that... Gave so much money to the community or, or whatever. It just didn't result in our autonomy. It didn't result in our freedom. And that's what I love about the Zapatista movement is that it's creating innovative ways. It's, it's not, when we say fighting colonization and fighting uh, or decolonizing, is being the most creative person on the globe to point out truth. That is decolonizing. It's Absolutely. finding the best creative way to point out the truth. 
And there are plenty of people out there that could do that. And I believe, shout out to Yvette, right? Yes, Yvette. She's a Zapatista, okay. right? Yes, and I is. definitely want to get her on the show. Um, so much to unpack here, unwind, yeah, for all of our Spotify listeners, for all of our iTunes listeners. Um, and shout out to everybody seeking this knowledge, because this knowledge, you're not going to find it on the mainstream. You're not going to find it on the, on the big platforms. And thank you, Zero, and thank you, Armando, for creating this platform, for creating such a... a ambience for us to come and speak our own truth well we have the right to have our own voice we have the right to have a platform that is rooted in what we believe is true which is our ancestral ways right and to break the intergenerational trauma we must have good relationships with every generation i don't for years we've been divided generationally like oh i don't know my dad yeah he can you know, but what made me proud, at least in the short term, was that my son actually went to my show on Friday. My son, my 18 year old son was like in the crowd. Right. That's like a bond between generations. That's the goal. Create a bond intergenerationally. Let's dissolve the very thin veil, which is white supremacy. It's not very intelligently planned. It's rooted in your own intergenerational trauma that keeps you in your own circle of thought and not being very progressive. But, um, but it is very invading because white supremacy is not just a, a skin tone. It's a, it's a mindset. Yeah, So absolutely. There's a lot of our own brothers that look like us who are assimilating white supremacy. Worse. You know? We're the worst. Yeah. We're the worst. Well, We're worse I, don't, than, I don't like going into that uh, Olympics games of who's worse and who's not. The yeah. point is that it's there. It's a virus. It's infectious. You know, the, it's almost like the, um, what's his name, Smith from The Matrix said, you know, it's a virus. It's the only one that has to spread in order to survive. Absolutely. So you said you had a poem? Yes. Oh, so yes. before we let everyone go, Edon has a poem he wants to end the show with. Absolutely. Uh well, I look it up and whatever you need to announce or whatnot. You know what, guys? The website's updated. We have new merch. We have new Elvu merch. We have Matatsin's calendars, uh, posters, booklets. We you have name it. We have Elvu, old Elvu inventory. We're going to be going heavy on social media, promoting all these new products on our website. I really appreciate everyone's support. It's been a long time coming, right? Yeah, so, and then July 29th, Superman July show. July 29th. You know, the, the family's gathering one more time. Absolutely. You know, we got some. Uh, are we announcing the other show or are we still on not, the block? Not yet. We're working on the flyer, but, but, I think, but it's locked in. I think in. by this Wednesday, we're going to be announcing it. It's locked in. Though. We're locked in. We're locked in on we're another in. show. I'm not going to announce who it is until later. But um, just know, community, that everything that LA Natives is doing is doing it on your behalf or our upliftment, and not everything is going to be in agreement. But I'll, I'll say you're going to do your poem, yeah. and I'll say some words and then. Okay. So here's a poem I wrote uh, right before my uh, right before I came back out to the world, right right during my two years of uh, inner work, and um, I'm working on it now because I've learned so much more. But here's what I gathered at that moment. It's called "I Am." I am brown. I am descendant. I am victim to the aftermath. I am. I am the carrier of those indigenous native souls to a degree, and I don't need a prestigious degree. In his story, to be indoctrinated with a colonized mind. My environment of America has conditioned me to think. In the, in the illegal alien, they want me to shrink. 
Alien is the voice of illegal subliminal programming, the matrix, be this world of online trafficking. Memes put in my head day and night, but this fire of my ancestor's story shall ignite. Let us now speak of the American genocide, ethnic studies we decide. To understand our grassroots tree, welcome to my poetry. Awake all night thinking like a free man until the sun shines that light of oppression through the bars of my window. Let me rather go back to sleep and dream catch my lucid dream of one day having my people free before they rest on a pillow. Bet on us to no misery and celebrate its anniversary. Environmental, social, and psychological racism and marginalized poverty justified by gentrification of the mind, body, and soul. People on magazines, TV, and movies make up for a full White House, White Congress, and White Senate. This is their role. The, the whole system is a setup, but true G's know what's up. Institutionalized systemic discrimination and segregation through legislation and organized religion in this great nation. Cultural appropriation and his image is man's own creation of oppression, not his liberation. Fed us away with lies, natives we need to realize. They can only lock us up physically, but we imprison our own minds with the ego. Incarcerated state of mind, on mine, I'm going to rescue my people from the ghetto. DMT in our DNA turns out, Ted talks us out. Beware of the war on drugs and thugs, unmask it to see the war on consciousness. Medicine is the name of marijuana and ayahuasca is a threat to business. Educate us on the low, tomorrow's roots already know. Imperialism, fascism, and racism is often too, is, is too often found in nationalism, materialism, and in feminism, rather than in com communism, socialism, Marxism, or true globalism. Vet us into troops of war, trick of allegiance, let them all roar. We are still slaves to the masters, the Federal Reserve, and the military-industrial complex. I know conscious shifts of paradigms and frequencies of thought are complex. Medicate us dead, treat for profit in bed. The big pharmaceutical industry and the school of medicine censoring the cures for cancer, but indigenous, native, spiritual people and the government to lie, been known the answer. The decolonization of the collective programming of the cultural conditioned mind. Oppression they aim, control they gain. But free I am, to think I am, spiritual I am, to be one with the collective consciousness once again. Wow, thank you for that head on. Really good. Legendary. Really good. Go thank ahead and, and, and give us the outro, Zero. Yo, that, that's, that's my whole example, brother. Hey, cue me with some music, though, because it come out better. <laughs> I love that poem, Head On. It was a really dope poem. And that's Thank my you. point. I think that if time is dimensional, then we have to use our imagination once again. Not to create this false cage, but use that imagination to understand that there was never a cage there to begin with it's all false based on lies we never hold lies as truth they came with a false doctrine from east coast to west coast based on lies and those lies hurt and they caused a lot of harm but our creativity which was just displayed 
is our strength. I challenge our community to be the most creative when it comes to kids in cages. I challenge our community to be the most creative when it comes to being a happy household. I challenge my my community to be a creative community with solutions, direction, love, discipline, and intentions. Good intentions. Ones that are connected with the stars, the earth, everything above, everything below. We'll see you next week, Wednesday. Lasukamatli. Thank you, Heron. Thank you, Hamitla. Oh.